0: I think hopefully you've come to support Margaret and Sam, which is great. I've sp- spoken to a few of them already, spoke to Sam and Margaret, ready to go. I haven't felt the water yet, but I'm trusting it's fairly, you know, cool. You'll all be wanting to get in, no doubt. Um, so it's a great day, it's an exciting day. Um, and. Um, I thought we'd have a little illustration uh, before we begin. So I've got two willing volunteers. Well, I think they're willing, but uh, I've got two people um, who are fairly similar size. I think you'll agree that both Ian and Tom are fairly similar size, father and son, this morning. They're going to do a little illustration for us that I hope will stay with you. Um, So, you know, you you, you both look fairly strong, guys. So I'm going to ask um, maybe... Tom, do you think you could lift your dad off the ground? Go on, then. Easy! Not even a challenge. Now, Ian, the other way around. Could you lift your strapping fine son off the ground? Go on, then. (laughs) If I then went on to ask if you could lift him overhead, you might be able to. Um, apparently, some weightlifters can lift the human body, their own weight, five times over their heads. But there even comes a point for them, as there would come a point for me, where you can't lift. Not You're not doing that. No, no, no. Four more volunteers, please. <laughs> where you can't lift uh, a weight over your head. Thank you very much. Thank you. There was more to that than just a bit of fun, Um, because if you went on to do more and more extreme physical weights, I was speaking to someone before who's done a lot of physical exercise even before coming here this morning on a hot day like this, I was impressed, but there does come a, a limit to the amount of weight that you can lift, whether it be just off the ground or over your head, there comes a limit. And that's a physical thing, you see, because for all of us, we can lift something, we can lift our shopping, whatever it may be, but there comes a limit to what we can lift. And if you were to ignore that, you might get some physical injury. You might get a long-term back problem. You might snap something, a tendon or a ligament, because we're not designed to carry unending weight like that. And I just want to bring something quite serious on the back of that. In the same way as we're designed only to carry a certain physical weight, there's spiritual weight, emotional weight, and some of that stuff, you know, we're not designed to carry. It can be too much for us. Even in this room today, there will be some people who are carrying too much weight what I've got to say now is very somber, very sad. In my life, and I'm heading towards 60, but not for a while yet. In my life, I've known 10 people for whom that weight became too much. Some of them went into an institution, but 10 of them took their own lives. 10 people taken their lives. People I know. It's massive, isn't it? Because they tried to carry a weight they were not designed to carry. They were never designed to carry the weight of shame, condemnation, guilt, fear. All those things were too much for them. Too much of a weight, too much of a load. I've known others who've thought about such things but haven't done it. Maybe there are some people here today. Maybe you thought of something. It's just in the background and sometimes it comes to the foreground and it's a weight and it comes upon you. Jesus knows the thoughts of every single person, me included, in this room. And that's not just the thoughts right now, but the thoughts going way back When you felt condemnation, you thought dark thoughts, when you thought desperate thoughts. He knows the thoughts of every single person. He knows the burdens you might be trying to carry now, emotional burden, spiritual burden. He knows all of that. And I'll tell you something now, which you might have been aware of, I hope you were, but that is why Jesus was baptised. Did you know, maybe some of you who are visitors to here, you didn't know that Jesus was baptised? He was. Luke 3, 21. This is one of the Gospels here. It says here, when all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. Now, John the Baptist... Would have been puzzled by that. He understood people coming to him who were repenting of their sins. Because it's a great picture of repenting of sin, of turning away from things. But he'd be saying to himself, not Jesus the Messiah, not the Son of God, not the Christ. You don't need to be baptised. What what are you talking about? So you might be wondering, why was Jesus baptised? You see, he had no sin He didn't carry emotional guilt and shame, condemnation. He had none of that. The reason Jesus allowed himself to be baptized that day was because he was identifying with every single person, every single person in this room today. He was identifying with our humanness, with our brokenness, with our failings, with our shame, with our condemnation. He was identifying with you, with me. He didn't need to, but he saw you stuck with your loads of shame and guilt. He saw you. He saw you even then. He saw me. There's only so much sorrow There's only so much shame that a human can cope with. But Jesus Christ, this is the good news. He will take it all. The whole thing. Every thought that you might have had in the last five minutes. He will take all of that from you. Upon himself, if we let him. And that's our choice, isn't it? We're going to see some powerful symbols today of exactly what he did for our sakes. You know, the Old Testament, which we find in the first part of the Bible, that's the bit before Jesus came to earth, it's pointing to the time when Jesus was going to come and do just that. When he was going to come identify with us, with our humanness and our brokenness, and when he was going to stand in the place of condemnation, we saw that song about the wrath of God was satisfied. He was going to stand in the place and take what should be ours, punishment, the wrath of God, And the Old Testament is pointing to that time. And there's lots of verses in the Old Testament that point forward to what Jesus was going to come and do. Listen to this one from Psalm 147. And this is just verse 3. He, speaking about Jesus, he heals the broken hearted. He binds up their wounds. If anyone here is feeling brokenhearted or wounded, Jesus says, I've come to heal your wounds. I've come to bind you up in that place where there's a weakness, where you're broken, where you're hurt. And then from Isaiah, Isaiah 53, a marvelous passage that speaks very accurately about the coming of Jesus and his death for us. Verse 5, it says this, but he, speaking about Jesus again, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins, iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Awesome, isn't it? Awesome. That's what happened. So when Jesus said to John, I want to be baptized too, it was for that very reason, identifying with us completely and showing that he was going to go not just with a physical baptism, but with a physical death. He would go through the baptism of death on the cross. And what happened on the cross? Well, that's where we read in Isaiah, he was going to take the punishment, be pierced for our sins. That's what the cross was all about. And let me say this. The baptism of Jesus was real. It was real water. A real person under the water. And a real person, John the Baptist, baptizing him. And going on from there, the death of Jesus was real in every way. So it was a real body that was capable of feeling pain, that was capable of feeling suffering. They were real nails that were driven into his body. The beating that he had with a scourge, was real. The crown of thorns that was roughly made from briars, they were real, pressed on his head, real blood coming from a real human being for our sake. The betrayal was real. Everything about that moment in history was real. And in Luke 12, knowing what was coming, Jesus Said this in verse 50. He says, But I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it is completed. And when Jesus said that, he wasn't talking about going under the water, he was talking about the baptism of death, his death. It was something that he was going to experience for our sakes. So going back to that picture of the weight before, Jesus himself, he went to the cross knowing the horrible weight, the back-breaking weight that you and I carry. It's a horrible weight. The weight of your sin is horrible. I can't bear your sin. I couldn't even face it. I can't even face my own sin. It's too much for me. I need a rescuer. I need someone who says, but I have a baptism to go through for your sake. And so when Jesus went to the cross, with you in mind to bear your sin and my sin, To take off you that load you could never carry, a load that would crush you and break you. He went to complete death on your behalf. And as he dies, he cries out three words, and they resound through history It is finished. Have you heard that call? That's the call that says, I have taken your sin and shame because you can't carry it. It's too much for you. That cry was a cry of declaration to himself. The last three words he utters, it was a cry of declaration to his father God for whom he was paying your price and mine. It was a cry of declaration to those who walked by and weren't really interested. And it's a cry to you and me. Have you heard that cry? Or is there still a pending on your life? Or is it, it is finished! No more guilt. No more shame. Freedom. That's what Sam and Margaret are celebrating today. They've heard that cry. And in the same way as Jesus Christ came to identify fully with Sam and fully with Margaret, they are now saying today, I am choosing to fully identify with my Savior. What could be better? What could be more wonderful? The one who fully identified with you, took your load. And to fully identify with him that's what baptism is about that's what ha- what's happening you know if you choose to carry your own load you won't make it and the invitation of christ is come come to me let me take your load all you who are broken hearted cast your burdens upon me let me take them it's an invitation he wants to take the burdens He doesn't want us to kind of go through until we finally snap and somehow get ruined or hurt or worse, destroyed. So when we come to it soon, this picture of baptism for Sam, for Margaret, they are identifying with the life of Christ. They're identifying with his suffering for them. They're identifying with his death on their behalf. They're identifying also with his resurrection. Because that's the promise. Because you see, there isn't a corpse in a tomb somewhere. There never was. Well, there was, but only for a short time. The Romans couldn't produce a corpse to say, no, no, he never was raised from the dead. And throughout history, no evidence ever. The evidence is all compelling to resurrection. Vindication of what Christ cried out when he said it's finished. Empty tomb. And so God says, what I did for my son, I will do for every person who trusts him. Triumph over death death over sin. No more grip apart from the grip of grace. Thank you for that, Jan. Can you imagine for a moment, don't do it for long, but can you imagine for a moment carrying the weight of all the things you wished you'd never said, of all the things that you wished you'd never done, and if only the day after you could rewrite your own personal history, And the shame and everything that comes with that. Can you imagine carrying that forever without God? There's a place where people do that. It's called hell. A place forever without God. Never having accepted the gift of his forgiveness and grace. Never having identified with his son. And forever choosing to carry that weight yourself. It's a horrific future that at all measures with every effort within your being and bones and fiber and everything else. You should run from that and run to Christ. Matthew 28 so we've had the last words from Christ on the cross. It is finished. These are the last words that Christ gave his disciples once he had been raised from dead. He had encouraged them. They'd seen him. They'd touched him. They'd, they'd eaten food with him. He was the resurrected Christ. And these are the last words before he returns to his Father in heaven. In Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I really felt... God speaking to me in preparing this message. It's taken a long time to come to this day of actually bringing it to you. A lot of things have gone on. And I believe that there are people in this auditorium today that God is speaking to. What's your response? That's my message, I suppose, as I close. What is your response to this message? Whatever your response is, if you make a response today, fantastic. Don't lose the moment. But if you don't, let the picture of what happens to Sam and Margaret speak to you. Let these messages be reinforced into your heart, into your spirit right now. But there's four areas I want to highlight and then briefly pray and hand over then to Nathan. The first one, it was really for people who've never understood what Jesus did on that cross. They've never really even heard the words, it is finished. They, and if they did, they wouldn't be able to contextualize it or work out what that means. And there's an invitation from God today to, to invite you to ask Jesus to take your load. To be your rescuer, we sung that didn't it? He's our rescuer, all that. Now and forever, to accept that his death was for your sin. That's what it was all about. So you could leave all that shame, guilt, condemnation with him. And I would just say, Why on earth? Keep trying yourself when he'll do it for you. You're not designed to carry those loads. He says, let me carry your load. So that's the first group of people. And if that's you, you're kind of wondering, thinking, don't throw away that thought. Hold on to that emotion. Hold on to what God might be saying by spirit. And Nathan will probably give you an opportunity at some point to respond. Don't quite know how he's going to play that, but we'll trust Nathan with that one. The second response is, I don't know if you noticed in that passage there, um, Some people, actually, it's just before that Matthew 18 passage, uh, 28 verse 18. In verse 17, it says, When they saw him, this is the risen Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. Some have had dark thoughts. We talked about those a bit before. The dark thoughts, the doubts about God's goodness, about whether he loves you, whether he can forgive you. And it's for those who are doubting. That was the second area. I felt that actually, you need to know that God is true to his word. He loves you. He will not abandon you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He invites you. Don't doubt. Come to him. Give him your dark thoughts. Let him make a complete new beginning, a new start in your life. The third one, this is for people, maybe you've walked a long time as a believer but you've not been baptized. All I would say is, if Christ Jesus identified with you so fully, why would you not? Why would you not identify with him? Some people might have been infant baptized and then confirmed. Well, let your choice now to identify with him be a confirmation of your confirmation. It's no big deal. It's fantastic. So, you know, don't hang on. Get in there. Um, And the last one, um, I suppose it's underlining what I said before. There's an invitation for you to come to God and be able to call him Dad, Father. He invites you. He invites you to be able to say, Dad. Dad. I met a young man last night called Alec. I wonder whether he'd be here this morning, but it was a long way away, um, who is right on the cusp of thinking about that. And some of you here might be right on the cusp of thinking about that. So I'm just going to pray and then hand over to Nathan. Thank you, Father. Lord, for all of us in this room who know what your son did for us, we're so very, very, very grateful. Father, you gave your son for us that we didn't have to carry on holding on to shame and guilt and those loads that would crush us. Lord Jesus, thank you that you went through with that baptism of death for us. And we, we're so grateful. Lord, as well as praying for, for Margaret, for Sam, Lord, I want to pray for people here who would be open to receive all that you've done for us, that it might be a new start a new beginning. So Holy Spirit, be upon the rest of our time. Speak, Lord, through what we see. Speak into our hearts. Give us open hearts to what you might want from us. Lord, you want our hearts. You want our lives. You want us to walk free. So I pray that no one will go out of this room carrying a load that they weren't designed to carry. Jesus. We worship you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan.